0: With their sweat-stained band and filthy brim, there were stories to be told that would never dim. From the country to the coast, their life well-travelled, passed down through generations, new life could be unravelled. Hello, I'm Emily Herbert, your host for this episode of Life on the Land, a Grazy Her podcast telling stories about Aussie, rural and regional women. That Banjo-Patterson inspired prose comes from the website of Philly Designs, the brainchild of hat maker Laura Hall. Laura has just opened her flagship store in her hometown scone and is the only traditional hat maker in Australia to have a bricks and mortar presence. Ironically, she failed textiles in high school and is also entirely self-taught. Her hats are now rocked by the likes of Matt Damon, Delta Goodrum and Elsa Paddocky. There's hope for us all. Laura returned to her early childhood hometown after the 2020 lockdown to be near her dad, who sadly had terminal cancer. Yet 18 months ago, Laura was hardly making her Sydney rent. She had made the bold decision to leave her corporate career to pursue her creative passion, sparking a journey that has led her to become one of Australia's premier hat makers. When
1: it got to... I guess the last sort of couple of months of my corporate life, one of the things that I really struggled with was, whilst I wouldn't associate it with, you know, the word depression, I think that I really struggled being able to get out of bed some days. My motivation just wasn't there um, and I felt really disconnected from the lifestyle that I had created for myself. I think that we create our day-to-day routine for the things that, you know, through the things that excite us and I had sort of lost my way in that. Mm. And I think that having my artistic ability reignited with Philly, it meant that I knew that there was something more out there. Mm. So it's kind of like once I knew that that was there, it's all I wanted to do. So it was great to then um, have that realisation where I no longer wanted to work Um, in corporate and when corporate finished for me I actually went and started nannying uh, which was a great way just to free up my day uh, free up my mind um, and give me that flexibility to really step back and look at what my priorities were on a personal level like just you know what were my values and what were the things that I considered important in a day and just really restructure and reprogram that around myself and what inspired me and excited me and made me most happy.
0: I think so many people can relate to this idea of external success and what that looks like and this pursuit in it without actually thinking, oh, hang on, does this make me happy? But it is such a scary step to um, to walk away from financial security and that paycheck and take on something that's not necessarily going to keep you in that lifestyle that you had I guess, been accustomed to. So stepping back into nannying and you've told me earlier you were living on Vegemite toast and (laughs) um, definitely a shift or a transition in your lifestyle. But then that did enable you to start making your hats. Tell me about broaching markets and, and starting to sell your product for the first time. Of course,
1: I think that the way that I approached my business was knowing that whether it was successful or not, I just had to do it. The great thing about selling product at markets, and in my case launching my brand at Bondi Market and then shortly after at Paddington Market as well, gave me a platform to be able to gauge customer feedback and uh, really connect with an audience that I thought would really appreciate my product. So for me, I cannot even begin to tell you how many days I stood at a market week in, week out, not selling anything, meeting a lot of amazing people and having a lot of people connect with the product but really every time it didn't matter so much as to whether I sold something or not but more what I could take away in a day. I consider myself customer obsessed. So I think that one of the really key things that I've been able to connect with is who is that customer what do they look like where do they go what do they eat you know what do they wear what is their weekend activity Um, and when you put yourself in a setting such as Bondi market or Paddington market it's like a customer profile on steroids. You get a prime opportunity to be able to look at your customer base and engage with that.
0: That is such an interesting way to look at it. And I think that uh, is probably, I don't know, I think it would boost a lot of people's confidence that if even if you're not necessarily selling something right now, you are gaining so much information and background knowledge. So we're talking really recently, we're talking 18 months ago, that you kind of decided to start making Philly more, less of a side hustle and more of a full-time hustle. You're at markets and all of a sudden these celebrities start rolling in. Tell me about some of your experiences that you've had that have just blown my mind.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's definitely fair to say that um, it's been pretty exciting from day one. My very first ever day at Bondi market, I remember standing there and about probably in the first hour, I used to call the first hour and the last hour of a market, my hour of power, because they were just some of the most incredible people that rock around in that first hour of a market and then like 15 minutes before close. <laughs> but my very first market, I remember this beautiful woman, her name's Clementine McVeigh, and we just connected and we were chatting about fashion and brands and products and she loved my hats and she said, oh, my goodness, my husband is hat mad. I'm going to, I'm going to send him down. So Jared came down to the market and saw my, um, saw my hats, fell in love. He actually purchased uh, a beige hat that was distressed and it had denim on it and it was really cool. And it turns out it was actually Jared McVeigh, Sydney Swans legend, Um, And that was my first hat sale at the market. So it was my first, I guess, experience of really seeing that my product was ticking the boxes of really exciting people who have amazing stories to tell. The following week, about 20 minutes into the market, having been up until about 4am the night before making hats, trying to prepare, I was standing there very frazzled and like barely able to string a sentence together (laughs) And Delta Goodrum walked up to my market stall with her partner. You can imagine the look on my face, like sleep deprived and standing there like dishevelled and Delta just, you know, wanders over saying, hello, (laughs) what are you doing here? This looks exciting. Uh, And so Delta was then my second customer. So Delta and her partner, Matt, they purchased a rusty brown coloured hat and then actually designed a black custom hat um, so that then made my first custom hat experience also Delta. So pretty, pretty exciting, pretty insane. But like to have that in the first two weeks kind of set me up to think, okay, anything is possible. Like you've got this, you know what you're doing, you've done the research, you know, back yourself. And so I did. I just, I think I went in to the start of my business knowing that I had full faith in the story of the brand, mm. the idea of what I was creating being hats that tell stories that um, people who are excited about hats want to wear in their everyday life, but something that really embodies like just an everyday accessory that can
0: just be really exciting. And then you've got the Hemsworths and Matt Damon. (laughs) I mean, we'll just quickly glance over these, but it is really exciting. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, definitely. I am... I am so excited about being able to say that I have the most incredible community around me. Uh, That's the Philly community as well as my community here in Scone. So when Elsa Pataki was in Scone uh, supporting the Wildlife Conservation Programme, um, for the Tasmanian Devil reintegration back onto mainland Australia that was here in the Barrington Tops. Mm-hmm. So she was in town. She was sitting there with some friends and saying, okay, you know, what are the businesses that we can get behind? And at, like, 11 o'clock at night, Elsa Pataki Confidential is following you on Instagram. Like, you thought it, my mind blew when Delta walked up to a market. Try having Elsa follow you on Instagram just randomly out of the blue. It was, it was pretty exciting. So she was in town, so I sent her a DM. I just said, you know, if you're interested in a custom hat, I would love to host you in my studio, which may or may not have been the bedroom in the front of my house at the time. <laughs> and come midday the following day, here's Elsa and like a wall of friends and women walking down my driveway. Um, it was probably one of the most exciting moments, I think, just to be able to sit there and reflect. Like I can I can visualise it right now. There's just Elsa and her friends just like in a wall down the driveway, like a thousand miles an hour and it was so exciting. So they came in and they whirled around my house in 20 minutes and tried on every single hat in there and all of her friends, so Elsa and her friends all walked away in, in a hat which was great but then also with the idea that a custom hat party would be mm-hmm. soon on their horizon... Um, and so I had planted the seed where I would be able to come up and host um, a custom hat party at their house for their friends and family and basically sit in a in a beautiful environment where we can create custom hats together for each other uh, and just have a lot of fun doing it as well. Like that, it was just the idea for them was so up their alley and I think that it's something that just really worked, I think, for their lifestyle as well. It was something after COVID too, uh, that people, you know, they're looking for ways to connect with each other. Um, for them it was just 100% just a no-brainer. They were, Elsa was so excited about it. Wow. Yep. There is nothing like a 50-metre infinity pool and the Pacific Ocean to really... Get the creative juices
0: flowing. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris Hemsworth's biceps.
1: Uh, Well, he did park me in at about 10 o'clock at night when I was finally leaving and there's nothing more terrifying when you're trying to, like, make a sneaky exit in the middle of the night after a hat party sweating just like gross after this full day of just you know making hats and just you know being excited by all the things that is a custom hat party to then have
0: two vans park you in with chris
1: hemsworth jump out
0: and say who are you Oh my God. It is just such a trip and it's such a wild ride. But I guess rewinding the clock a little bit. So you had, uh, Philly had been launched probably six months prior and then COVID hit. So tell me about the couple of days leading up to March 13, what you were doing and then how COVID affected your life and the business.
1: Absolutely. I, um, I will never forget that week. Oh my goodness. It was just it it really, I look back at that time, which at the time was, you know, filled with so much excitement and so much potential. And then with COVID hitting as well, so much of a realisation of how quickly that could all be pulled up to a screaming halt. Um, so the Friday the 13th was, um, I guess, the day that uh, COVID really kicked in for everyone. Mm. So the week leading up to that event, um, the Friday prior, I had the most beautiful bride and groom couple of mine wear my custom hats on their wedding day. But my beautiful friend, Emma wore her custom hat down the aisle and gifted her beautiful husband, um, Scotty, his hat after their ceremony after their wedding ceremony. So these beautiful hats um, were worn on their special day and the following day I went down to their wedding after-party, which was amazing. Um, we got to celebrate and just get really excited about um, just, you know, this beautiful couple in love. Uh, it Then the following, I actually took the Sunday off the market because the Sunday was me celebrating six months in business um, and... I think that week, I then had the Tuesday morning, being a racing milliner, I had just been announced on the Tuesday at the Autumn Carnival launch party for the ATC for Sydney Racing as one of their official milliners, which was really exciting. And the Tuesday afternoon, I held my first ever custom hat party in an art gallery in Double Bay, the Clare Gallery. And um, that was an incredible event. Tuesday was a very big day. But not as big as Wednesday where I jumped in the car and drove down to Melbourne to then participate in the dress rehearsal of the Global Citizen Runway with Christian Kimber, uh, the men's fashion label for VAMP, so for Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival. One of my bucket list items for the year on my manifestation board was to be a part of Fashion Week down in Melbourne. So to celebrate six months in business that week and have that embodied in a runway um, to then on the Friday night have it again to be the GQ Men's Runway, the biggest night of Fashion Week for Melbourne, uh, that, was, that was a real highlight. The only problem was that putting my lipstick on at about five o'clock in the afternoon, walking out the door The world ended, or my world seemed to end in that moment, when I got the phone call saying that COVID was a thing, Um, events over 500 people had been cancelled, the runway would not be going ahead, and Fashion Week was over.
2: Now a word from today's sponsor. SG Offroad understand it all. They've been stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere with little kids in tow, They've rushed around to get vehicles into servicing, forgotten booked dates and understand the importance of having someone to help take care of the problem. SG Offroad are the little guys gone big. Founded in 2002, they put the humanity back into your vehicle's needs, mixing impeccable automotive care with an incredible empathy for who's behind the wheel and daily life an ARB stockist with two stores in South Gippsland and a huge range of courtesy vehicles, they're available for their customers no matter what. Whether in their workshops, driveway, stuck in the paddock or even with electrical issues on the Tanami track. Whether it's leaning against the bull bar for a yarn or rocking a brightly coloured conversation starting shirt for mental health, there's rarely anything they say no to when it comes to vehicles and those that drive them. Beyond the wheel bearings and the four-wheel drive setups, SG Off-Road are more than just mechanics and accessories. They become a slice of people's lives and truly love what they do. SG Off-Road. Just get life.
0: And you were locked away for six or seven weeks, and obviously a lot of thinking going on, reprioritizing and that really was the impetus for you to move Bush back home to Scone. Tell me about the choices behind deciding to relocate
1: absolutely um, i think I think everybody in that time frame felt vulnerable in their own way. Um, I personally, I think that vulnerability is a really great thing and and I've done a lot of work around feeling vulnerable and feeling comfortable with being vulnerable, but that took it to a whole new level. Um, So my housemate had just moved out at the time. Um, When I was in Melbourne, she had relocated to the bush uh, and I think that that is perhaps where that seed was initially planted. Um, I sat in my apartment by myself for about six, seven weeks Um, actually did not have physical contact with another person for that entire time, Mm. which for me um, was really confronting. Mm. It was really confronting and I think that even though I had some really beautiful friends, we had like letterbox stops and connected in our own ways, it's that physical contact that was really quite alarming for a lot of us. Mm. Uh, But it made me really realise, I guess, again... What my priorities were. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already been on this amazing journey of reprioritizing um, when I left corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, when I started my business, and here I was a third time looking at it in the face of COVID. So for me, at the time, my um, my dad was suffering from terminal illness. Mm-hmm. So he uh, had stage four bone cancer and had lived with cancer for, I think, probably eleven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point in time, I was sitting in my Sydney apartment paying an exorbitant amount of rent, uh, on my own with no customer inquiry, because at the time my whole business had been based around markets and face to face. Um, and I just thought, okay, well, thankfully JobKeeper kicked in and I had this amazing opportunity to go and spend that time wisely and hang out with my dad. I had this amazing platform to be able to have the financial flexibility through JobKeeper to focus on my business in a way that I didn't have to prioritise my creativity to being something that would sell. Mm. So by relocating to a regional area where it drastically reduced my living expenses mm. was a great opportunity for me to to then sit there and I say, okay, like, I can make something because I like it, not because it will sell. Uh, But also because I have um, my beautiful stepmum here in Scone and my three brothers as well. Mm. So being younger brothers, they're 14, 16 and 18. So with my dad in the health position uh, that he was in, I wanted to be able to connect with Um, my whole family here in Scone in a way that meant that, you know, if and when dad, well, not if, but certainly when dad passed, I had that connection, not just being a family member who lived in Sydney, Mm. but someone that if they chose to connect with on a personal level, because I lived in the town, then everyone would be able to, I guess, sort of do so in their own way.
0: Mm. Your dad sounded like the most amazing man and he actually gifted you his hat collection in the last Christmas that you had together and they're actually sitting over there and they look like they have had the most extraordinary stories can you tell me a little bit about how your dad influenced you in your hat making and how that helped your journey
1: Dad, so Dad had gifted me this beautiful collection of hats, and I think being the eldest of um, five and having four brothers, uh, my business was really an opportunity for us to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, we had great chats about business and all things, you know, design. He um, he got really excited about Philly and about what I was creating, and just the fact that I was telling my own truth in that creative experience. Um, So dad he gifted me this Christmas we were sitting there watching John Wayne movies Um, he'd been gifted the box set and we were talking about how you know some of them were like bashed in and had different shapes and they all looked like they really told their own story and the characters that wore them and we were talking about how I really wanted to be able to make hats that had the same aesthetic Mm. Um, I wanted to be able to make something that told someone's story so dad told me to go to the cupboard and pull down this stack of hats and I did and he then gifted me these hats. So they were hats of my grandfather's. One of them was from the 60s. It's been hand stitched in a blanket stitch around the crown and it's squashed and is covered in paint. Um, And then some of his own hats. So old hats that um, one in particular he wore uh, in his acting days. Um, So my dad had worn the um, the hat that in this collection to a casting of a film that he was doing, and he, um, so he was he'd worn this hat in a film that he had gone to the casting for, and in the casting they said, okay, you have got the role, but we're going to need you to come back in the hat. So this hat, uh, he then wore on set. My mum was working for Grundy at the time. and What is Grundy? Uh, so Grundy Production Company. So she was working, uh, she was working in finance for the, um, the production company on set and he and mum actually met in the first film. So it's funny because in the second film they then got married and in the third they had me. So it was never just a hat, it was a piece of, I guess, a piece of clothing, like it was an item that represented
0: the beginning of my own story. Mm, Beautiful. And so you have, it just seems like the most cyclical, beautifully organic start. You have these three battered or four battered hats that were part of your dad's collection and he gifts these to you in the Christmas of 2019, just before and COVID happened and you moved back to Scone. What was it like having those um, really that really precious time with your dad here in Scone?
1: Um, it was amazing because we spent a lot of time having cups of tea and <laughs> making things. I made a lot of cinnamon tea cakes, um, but we sat there and we made hat trees out of like pieces of driftwood that he and the boys had pulled out of the riverbank um there were you know ribbon roll holders that I still have in my store today he sat there with a pair of long nose pliers and hammered like 180 nails into this little cotton reel holder that I have on display that I take to my hat parties that you know is just it's it was just a really fun time to be able to connect with and spend time with my dad um but also spend time within my business as well and and really just create. Mm, yeah. So I think that when you're creating regardless as to whether it's in this case a hat or maybe the things that are then part of that business story, I think that it then makes it all the more special and all the more, I guess it really just adds to the authenticity of what it is that I'm doing mm.
0: So moving back to Scone, you've been here now for, gosh, over a year. Yeah. So what has that been like and and how has it been coming back to your roots, your childhood roots?
1: Absolutely. Um, Well, I guess I sort of feel like having grown up in Melbourne and gone to school down in Melbourne, um, but originally being from Scone and having family through country New South Wales, I don't think that... I don't think that I felt like Melbourne was necessarily where my story was always going to be. I think I figured that out pretty early in life. And so after school, I moved down to the Mornington Peninsula. As I said, that was where I was working at MIMCO. And then shortly after, I moved to Mackay and spent some time there for a year, just ran around central and far north Queensland, as you do. It's good fun. But then ended up in Sydney for eight years. And so living in these different areas and these different regions, I sort of felt like I was picking up puzzle pieces mm. of my life and of my story and putting together, um, yeah, I guess this puzzle of, of what my life was going to be and coming back to Scone, moving to Scone, allowed me to I think even see the bigger picture and I feel like that is almost the final puzzle piece. Yeah. I don't think that my story ends here but I know that I'm certainly sitting in a town and in a home and in a place that really allows me to live my most most authentic self. Like I think that I've really been able to connect with myself and with um, I guess my ideas and my creativity. I think I feel most at home here and I think that, being able to connect with my own story in that way has really allowed me to have a lot more freedom in what I'm trying to create. Mm, Totally. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And how did Buy From The Bush help with Philly's journey?
1: Buy From The Bush was amazing. Um, Buy From The Bush actually kicked off at a time... um, where I was probably, again, and I speak a little bit of vulnerability because I think that being a business owner, it's probably the one time that you really get to find yourself in a really vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. Um, the Buy from the Bush post was actually the day after my father's funeral, mm-hmm. um, which meant that I had this platform where I was, you know, in a position where I wanted to be able to um, grieve but also six weeks out from Christmas was a prime time within my business and the buy from the bush post was something of such excitement that it just catapulted this Christmas rush for my business. Um, Two weeks prior I had also received the green light for Google to do virtual custom hat parties for 40 of their team Uh, which I then had all sort of in production all at the same time.
0: Mm.
1: So we're six weeks out of Christmas. Buy From The Bush has done their post. And this is 2020. This is 2020. So this is Christmas just gone. Um, And it was just, it was just incredible. Uh, There were hats going from one end of the country to the other. I think in the month of December, we sent out something like 100 hats, which was ginormous because to think like a couple of months earlier, I'd been sitting in my apartment with basically what I thought was my business in tatters and in pieces, Um, not sure what I was going to do with my life, you know, because COVID had just hit. Mm. And then six months later, or not even, I was sitting there in my lounge room with like wall-to-wall hats lined up with different customer order names against them, buy from the bush, um, customer orders, christmas uh google it was it was just all happening so i think that there's an amazing way that you can sort of look at that six month uh, that six weeks period before christmas because it allowed me to see some of the the gaps in my business i think that when you do anything on scale Mm -hmm. you figure out where the pain points are pretty quickly Mm -hmm. Uh, and it allowed me then to the to be able to redefine my some of my business processes at the beginning of this year mm. and really look at what worked and what didn't work. So when 6 weeks later, so in the first week of February, I then went and did the custom hat party at the Hemsworths. It meant that when my business hit a whole new scale again following that media, mm. um I was ready to go. Mm. Absolutely.
0: And you then, a couple of months after that, opened your flagship store and workshop here, an event space here in Scone, um, the Philly store. And uh, the day that you opened, or the day after you opened, it was the Scone Cup. Gladys Berejiklian is in here wearing one of your pieces to the races. I mean, it, you seriously, it never rains at pours around here.
1: <laughs> Everything happens all at once. Um, so funnily enough, I actually went back to Byron Bay and did a second hat party with our favourite group of people. Um, and so they had this, so friends of theirs had done a spin-off hat party and I was up there for a week, did this amazing, um, you know, group of hats Uh, and then drove my car back down the highway just to paint you a picture of my car as well. It is a 2002 Ford Falcon Station Wagon, (laughs) and the roof is currently thumbtacked up in a beautiful galactical display (laughs) to keep the fabric from, you know, staying up. I bought my car for $250 and a lemon syrup cake. (laughs) (laughs) That thing is a beast. Um, I'm happy to trade it in anytime soon. I would love something that doesn't have a cracked radiator, just saying. I got really excited because the first trip I didn't have an air con, the second trip I did have an air con, but that was around the time I realised that the radiator was bust. So (laughs) it was, it was high pressure. It was all happening. So, so I've driven back down from Byron in my car um, and I emptied the contents of my car after this ginormous hat party experience 2.0 in Byron into my then empty store. So eight days later, I then had my launch party, so it was all systems go. It was just, it was insane. At the same time, I also had the um, hats being produced. I was making hats in collaboration in a national campaign with SportsCraft, Mm. so I had hats going everywhere for sports craft I was painting I was building walls I was doing floral like everlasting installations with my incredible florist uh JJ from Stable Door and she was in here assembling as I was making hats and it was just there were friends everywhere we all sort of rallied some people kind of picked me up off the floor a few moments there and were like it's it's gonna it's gonna be okay we've got this I think I doubted it for a minute or two it was madness um but the the exciting thing was so then 8 days later on the tuesday so the week of horse festival um i opened my beautiful flagship store and presented it to the world and had this phenomenal turnout of people who had brought friends and family to the opening um I'm really fortunate with the size of the space that we were able to hold I think we had just over 80 people and for something I think I'd sent out the events like four or five days Mm -hmm. earlier um it was great just to be able to see so many people come together Mm -hmm. and the concept of the store I touched on earlier was really to be able to create create a space that was retail bricks and mortar um Production, but then a creative hub that really brings people together and is something that is creative and exciting and something that people can get excited and inspired about. Um, and two days later, the Sportscraft National Campaign launched. Um, and the following day was scone cup. So I was really fortunate working with, um, my beautiful friend, Dimity Smith from grow events. So grow group. And so she was doing the PR and marketing around the launch party of the event. Um, and she also, when I had suggested like, we've got Gladys in town, why don't we touch base with her about a hat? You know, she would maybe even love the sports craft hat. Uh, we reached out and, um, suggested if she wanted to wear something for scone cup, um, In this case, the outfit that she was wearing was black and red. So we received a brief and she was looking for a headpiece or a fascinator. So I had this beautiful black leather headband from um, a previous season that I had made that was timeless and classic regardless Mm. as to, you know, when it had been designed, which is how I design Mm. whether it's racing or headwear and hats, Mm. it's the concept of it, Mm. to be able to be reworn. And so in this case, Gladys actually requested the Day of Scone Cup to be able to come into the store and meet me in person and see the space and be stepped through the creative experience and the brand and and Philly. So on the day, um, Gladys arrived in store. Um, Hello, Premier. Oh, my goodness, my mind just blowing. I'm standing there in my dress and, like, little white sneakers trying to keep a straight face again Um, I just, yeah, it was just amazing being able to step Gladys through the store and really show her how, I guess, a a New South Wales country business in a retail space was really looking at what the future would hold, um, you know, to be able to create something that, can be something that will help with tourism, something that will help with events, something that will excite and inspire people post-COVID, showing what women can do as female founders in regional New South Wales in a manufacturing and retail setting. It was just you could not find a more exciting moment to platform it or like a more excited person to hear (laughs) about it. Uh, When you have amazing people connect with the brand like... Gladys Berejiklian or um, beautiful programs like Buy From The Bush, companies like Buy From The Bush, um, celebrities like Elsa Pataki, you get this incredible opportunity to be able to share that on a wide scale. Mm -hmm. But in saying that even without them, when I look at all of those opportunities, they were initially... Um, I guess those those opportunities came about from personal connection within my community that I have built. So I think that Instagram and online platforms are an amazing way to be able to showcase your brand. But I think that being in a regional community, it's about looking at the skill sets that you have, looking at the people, you know, within your community. Um, social community within your regional community and really bringing people together in a business setting to be able to work together collaboratively. Mm. I think that that's one of the things where I say that I moved to Scone and I hit my sweet spot Mm. because I feel like I really was able to, I was really able to connect with like-minded people within my community in such a beautiful setting. And the way that social media then played a part in that was then to shine a light on what I was creating in my backyard, Mm -hmm. like in in my hometown. Um, I think that when you know who your customer base is and when you know what you're trying to create and you really put all of your energy behind it and you look at people within your community who um, are engaged and excited about the brand, you know, there's something about letting people in and letting people help you that I think sometimes as entrepreneurs we forget and as business owners and people who are starting out, you know, we kind of get in the zone of just go, go, go. I think that when you look up and you see how many people around you want to help you get to where you are trying to get to like in business when they just, you know, they want to see you succeed, Sometimes it's really hard to stop and say, okay, yes, I am actually going to let someone in and let them help me. And, you know, people just want to, I guess, see other people succeed when they're putting their heart and soul behind it.
0: Mm. Let's talk quickly about the process of making because they are so bespoke and uh, and unique to each person. So tell me a little bit about where you source the fabrics and and the process behind making a Philly hat.
1: I think the fabrics and the colours and the textures are probably what I have the most fun with. I think that it's so it's so exciting being able to have people have favourite colours and textures, whether it be leathers or ribbons or silks. Um, the felts are all in different colours uh, and I import them all from uh, from overseas, so from Prague in Eastern Europe. Um, I have silks so that are ripped up sari silks from a trimming store in New York. Um, they are just, you know, really good fun ways just to be able to accessorise a hat. There are leathers and suede and grosgrain ribbons um there's cottons and threads that can be stitched into um custom patterns and stars and you know initials and crosses and goodness knows but even charms and pins and feathers and it might be a feather that someone picks up on their way to work every day when they're wearing their hat and they put it in the side or they bring them in in a bunch that they've collected before their custom hat experience or maybe like a brooch of a grandmother or a um, a pin of some kind that means something in their story, uh, maybe an accessory that was worn by a loved one like my bride who had her mother's veil plaited and then wrapped around her hat because then she technically was wearing a veil down the aisle Mm, just not in a traditional way so this is the fun thing I think when people can start looking at a hat not just as an accessory but as a as a story and where some people look at the array of different materials and things as an overwhelming concept perhaps they don't consider themselves creative or they're just not sure what they like or what they want I think that The hash is essentially the product at the end of the day, but really what I'm trying to create is
0: an experience. Yeah, definitely. You have been riding such an incredible wave of momentum the last 18 months, and I imagine it has been all-consuming. How now are you looking to balance your personal and your professional life and uh, as a small business owner the two are obviously incredibly intertwined and intermeshed but what is your focus moving forward now and what's on the horizon?
1: Um, Well I'd love to be able to say that I have totally figured out that balance but I'd say 10.30 10.30 on Friday night when I finished my last custom hat appointment um, and my second 15-hour day in a row, uh, it would actually be signed the fact that I do not have that figured out. <laughs> I do not have that figured out. But hypothetically speaking, if I did, um, it would be something that will not be too far away. Mm. Um, I've said a number of things in motion uh, from a staffing perspective uh, here within my business. I'm so fortunate to say I've got uh, an incredible production person working with me. Um, she works three days a week. At the moment, um, I'm trying to get her to work more. Mm-hmm. I'm also trying to clone her. So mm-hmm. if anyone's got any tips in that, I'm, <laughs> I'll take that. Um, but I think bringing as, bringing as many staff you know in as possible and really delegating some of those tasks, I'm really fortunate where I have people who are supporting me in social media and marketing Um, people in PR. Uh, I've got people in production. And um, I just think that allowing as many tasks to be delegated as possible without diluting, obviously, the the product itself. So I still make everything and will continue to make everything 100% by hand Mm -hmm. in store. And I think that the product from a ready-to-wear versus a custom hat versus a custom hat with Laura, you know, will progress in time. Mm. Um, you know, it's a long plan. Like I'll, it's a, it's not something I want to try and, you know, pump out and flip overnight. Like this is, this is my life, this is my legacy, this is my brand and my business and it's something I'm incredibly proud of but I also know that there becomes a tipping point in any success story where like the workload gets to be something that you can't do on your own, mm.
0: just taking it as it comes. Mm. The order adage of um, you can have it all, just not at once, does spring <laughs> to mind. And checking out, I did have a sneak peek of your 2021 manifestation list and you have extraordinarily ticked off a lot of those and one of those is becoming an Australian household name. So, um, and I think you are well on your way to Australian domination <laughs> which is <laughs> which is
1: very exciting. So on my manifestation list, I think that this is definitely a way that I've been able to stay focused on what my goals are, constantly reading my manifestation list, going back to it and having a look at it. Um, I think that so far I think pretty much everything is actually going to plan on my manifestation list. I'm ticking them all off. Um, But I wanted to read out the manifestation in line with the store. So it says, um, so I wrote this New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. Um, So Philly workshop and studio space that allows for scalable production, workshops and events, shoppers and provides a central hub for the brand. And I think that manifestation lists and goals, whatever you want to call them, It really helps to have that written down so that you can go back to it because I think that when you're really clear about what it is you're trying to set out to achieve, it makes it so much easier to be able to pick up on the opportunities and the signs and the moments that are going to help you get there.
0: Well, it's very exciting to watch your journey and I have no doubt that you are going to achieve every single one of your manifestations, as you call them, and it's just so exciting to be able to be here at this part of your story and to chat with you and to see the the journey unfold. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks, Em. This has been amazing. My first podcast. Yay. Yay!
0: I actually drove to Scone from my home outside Tamworth to interview Laura in her beautiful store and workshop space. It's a large, airy building with gorgeous coloured felt, linens and silks adorning one wall and finished hats on another. It was magnificent to sit across from each other among her sublime creations and talk. Her passion beams out of her face, and I think her story really embodies the idea that anything is possible. Laura is a little self-confessed woo-woo, like me. And she spoke of the magic that was possible and the community she has that has helped her manifestation list come true. It reminded me of the Roald Dahl quote, and above all, watch with glittering eyes the whole world around you, because the greatest secrets are always hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. I hope you're finding a little magic wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you could do me a favour, please subscribe, rate and review Life on the Land. It truly helps others find us. Don't forget you can find our stunning winter issue in quality news agents or subscribe at com. Until next time, keep well. This is a Crazy podcast produced by Manson and Company.